The iPad Air has a sharp new design and a lot of cool additions, but is it worth the heftier price tag? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me, Scott Stein, one of our foremost experts on all things Apple. Welcome, Scott. Hey, thanks, Roger. So you spent the last few days with the iPad Air. What do you think of this $600 tablet? Well, the first thought is this is my favorite iPad of the lineup. But that's because I like when something is a good value versus the top end features. And I feel like this kind of strikes that. It reminds me of when the iPhone XR first came out. You know, it, it was like the one that you're like, oh, it's the iPhone 10, but at a lower price. That being said, uh, I'm very conscious of the fact that like in the past, the Pro used to, used to have a few features that you really couldn't get in other iPads, like pencil support or some of the keyboard stuff. That's no longer the case. So for value, I keep looking back at the 8th gen iPad and what it brings to the table. And while the iPad Air has USB-C, it's fast, it looks just like an iPad Pro, um, the iPad 8th gen is basically the 2019 iPad Air for less. Got it, got it. So it's still the, the, the more basic, the older looking iPad for you is still the, the better bet. I think so. Now, long term, better bet is relative because I also, I didn't get this in, into this in the review, but Apple's transitioning. I mean, the Mac chips are going to be a their in-house stuff. Does that mean we're going to see mutation with Macs and where even iPads go? I don't know. But in the here and now, the iPad Air is the, at least is built more to the future with USB-C. Um, but I think that the, you know, and also the newer accessories, but the entry level iPad, you can still get that pencil. You can still get a keyboard. Um, and so I, I felt like it was fine. It's, a, it's more ugly. It's not, it's not as great an an iPad in, in overall feel, but it's totally functional. Um, it's just, the iPad air is just nicer. Um, I hate using the word nice, but it is. It's a very slick, uh, beautiful little product. Well, dig a little bit deeper with that. In terms of the, the highlights, if, if I am looking at an iPad Air, like what are some of the features worth noting for this device? Right. So the first thing you should know is what are you using an iPad for? Uh, iPads are tweener devices still. They are doing a lot of stuff that you could do on a laptop, but they still don't get all the way there. So there's frustrations if you're driving this as your main computer, you're going to find things for file storage, multitasking that are going to drive you crazy. But the trackpad support, which is available on all the iPads now, all the recent iPads, I love that. And it allows me to edit and work on an iPad a lot better. So that goes back to what you're saying on the iPad Air. If you're using it um, because you want to get something like the Magic Keyboard, which is $300, it's super expensive, but the keyboard is really nice. Um, sure, that's a really nice package. It feels like a laptop, and it also costs like a lap, like an expensive laptop. It's like $900, $1,000 or more um, that you're paying. So I, th I think there's that. I think USB-C is a huge advantage for dongles, chargers, and general compatibility. I just think it's easier to shop for stuff with it. I really hate Lightning that, that it still exists on modern Apple products because I think, I think it's a hindrance. Um, so I like that a lot. And I think the display looks fantastic. Um, it's good enough for multitasking and for other things. And that's kind of what you're using an iPad for. It's like you know, running two apps at once, writing a bit on it, watching videos on it. Um, what else are you doing? Got it. Yeah, like you made the note that this looks like an iPad Pro. Essentially, what are the differences when you're 
weighing the decision between getting a, a step up iPad Pro versus this, what are you not getting with this, or what what are the differences? Because they look almost the same. They do, and they and they use the same accessories. So, which is also nice because Apple's iPads don't always do that. Sometimes they subtly shift in body design. So you could use an 11 inch iPad Pro accessory from 2018, and it would still work, like the keyboard cases and things. Um, but I, I think that. The, the difference is, that's weird. You're going to pay up more for an iPad Pro, but it's a device that came out back in March. And it has advantages, but also has a few drawbacks. So the advantages are um, it has faster screen refresh rate, the ProMotion, which is um, like up to 120 hertz, which is nice and smooth. I mean, it, the Pro iPads are the only Apple devices to have that. Um, the, the iPhones don't have that, and the other iPads don't have that. The um, display on the iPad Pro is technically a tiny bit brighter, but I didn't really notice it. The iPad Pro has the LiDAR um, depth scanning, which is really, that's a niche thing. But it is interesting if you are thinking about things like um, mapping out a room and turning into a CAD model or 3D creation. You want to get involved in some of those tools that the iPhone 12 Pro has. You can get that on the iPad Pro, but you can't get it on here. Um, cameras are a little bit different. It doesn't have Face ID, uh, which I do like Face ID more on an iPad than an iPhone. I feel like it logs in a little more smoothly. Uh, the Touch ID side button is fine. Um, data throughput is technically a little different. Um, it's, it's, it's a little bit slower on USB-C, like 5 gigabits per second versus 10 gigabits per second. There's quad speakers versus dual. There's like a lot of little things, but the dual speakers on the iPad Air are fine. So th those are the differences. And you can tell it's like getting pretty fine. It's like fine hair splitting. Um, microphones are better on the iPad Pro. If you, but if you, who's going to record using the built-in microphones on an iPad Pro if you're a pro person? You know, that's a weird subset. So that's like the long answer to what you're saying. Um, basically, I don't miss the iPad Pro. And the iPad Pro's performance is faster in multitasking, but it's slower in single tasking, which is also weird. So you would expect an A14Z on the iPad Pro and rumors of mini LED. There's no OLED iPad yet, but th that could come next year. Got it. And, and uh, one of the features you mentioned, the Touch ID button, I'm, I'm really curious as to how that worked, how effective it was, and also if it's, just, if it's something realistically we'd ever see on the iPhone. I think it works great. It does take a, a, a second or two longer than I expected. It kind of asks you to press and hold a little bit. Um, which I didn't quite get into in the review, but I, I find I'm not lightning opening an iPad like I am uh, an iPhone. And that's a question if you're going to put on an iPhone, how fast can they make that run? Uh, it, it's it, The other thing is orientation. So like depending if you're landscape or, por or portrait, I'm either going to use my left or right finger. At least the iPad display indicates where the touch ID button is. Like otherwise I would go crazy. So I just registered both fingers and that covered me. It's a little weird on the iPad versus on a keyboard uh, to do it, but it's fine. Um, it's fine. You know, that, that's how I would describe it. I would not, I don't love it uh, up there, but it is fine. I think it'd be a lot better on an iPhone. I think it'd be really interesting on an Apple Watch because Apple Watch has no uh, biometric authentication. It doesn't, it just uses a, a passcode. So with Apple Pay, that would be a real, I think I would take it on Apple Watch over iPhone. Well, I'll take iPhone too because of masks, but that's how I feel about Touch ID.
Got it. Uh, yeah, it's you know obviously with with all of us wearing masks a lot more recently, it's it's uh, it's made Face ID a lot less useful. So I, I've been looking for Apple to come up with some sort of solution around that. It, they didn't. They didn't really address it with the iPhone 12. So I guess we have to wait for next year's version before they they figure it out, or if it's even relevant at that point. So it's you know that that bit's frustrating. But I'm glad to know that it's it works fine on the iPad Air. Um, it's worth noting that other handset makers have embedded these kinds of fingerprint ID sensors on volume rockers or side buns. This is not new technology. I know Apple uses its own proprietary stuff, uh, which is probably why it takes a bit longer, but still would have liked to have seen that uh, branch out to other products. I think the Apple Watch is a really good point. And like, I still get annoyed that I have to plug in the the, the code into my watch to unlock it all the time because it's it's a small screen. It, it, it's, it feels like it's overdue and should appear next year, but you never know with Apple timing. It seems like the Touch ID on the iPad was like a happy accident um, or coincidence as far as the pandemic, you know, uh, with the amount of time they were taking to develop that. But now it arrives on the iPad Air and um, you think, oh, wow, why can't this be on everything? And I, I feel like Apple might now be steering to try to incorporate that a lot more rapidly. But it is weird timing. Because you look at the rest of the devices and think, well, come on, like, why don't I have that? A lot of people contact me asking me about that, too. And I, can, I just know it's like on everyone's mind. And I really hate having to keep entering my passcode on an iPhone because I'm wearing a mask, like, every time I go out and use the phone. Yeah, that's totally annoying. Um, in terms of, I mean, you... So I kind of want to ask what who this ultimately is for because you you sort of talked about how the eighth gen iPad is is probably the best value. The iPad Pro there isn't a huge amount of distinction between this and the iPad Pros. Like what ultimately who should be buying this iPad Air? I think if you're already geared towards the iPad Pro and we're thinking I want the iPad Pro, I just don't know when I'm going to get it. Then I think this is your here's an iPad Pro for less, which is great. Uh, I think that the, the the weird parts go on one side. If you're buying this for kids or a family, that's a, that's a huge amount of money. So get the entry-level iPad and appreciate the savings. And then on the other side, if you're looking at this as the future of Apple computing, it gets weird too because we're just on the cusp of Apple's in-house chip Max. And it sounds like that stuff could push in new territory as well. And where does that leave the iPad? Like how much would you want to spend into the iPad as the future of something when we don't know what Apple's future with this really is? So I, I think that uh, it, it just gets really expensive. It becomes more like a treat to yourself. You know, $600 also with 64 gigs of storage is 64 is not what I would recommend. It's, it's way too little, I think, for the power of the device and what you'd be using it for, but then you have to go right to 256. So then you're looking at $750. And how would you not get at least one accessory? You know, there's no case in the box. Uh, you probably want a keyboard or a pencil. This stuff will push you to $1,000 easily if you add an accessory or two, bump up the storage. You know, you're hitting right at that at that level. So I think that who is that for? It's for whoever can afford that much for an iPad and finds that they would really use an iPad. But you're right, it splits the it splits the difference kind of weirdly. I do think it cannibalizes the iPad Pro, but it also makes me wonder what the iPad Pro's long-term future is. 
I think it would be to eventually merge with the MacBook, but Apple keeps denying that. Um, but it seems like that's the destiny of the of the Pro tablet. Right, right. And, and you, you talked about the accessories, um, which I feel like I feel like those accessories are almost they're not like nice to have. They're almost need to have, especially if you want this to be that computer. Uh, the keyboard, the pencil, like the, to kind of justify this, it, you know, is that I'm not even sure I asked this because like we, we've talked about this before. I feel like that people should just factor that into the price of buying an iPad air, right? That these, these extra accessories you you are looking at at least over a thousand, maybe $1,100 out the door once you're done with everything. Yeah. Yeah. You have to factor it in unless you're just going to browse on it and you're fine just using it as a screen. Uh, if you want to type on it, suddenly you realize, how are you going to do that and be comfortable? You know, you could get a Bluetooth keyboard and there are ones out there, but to get something in a case or something that's sturdy and any ones that work with Apple's smart connector, Logitech has one besides the Apple one, but the choices are few, prices are high, $150 or more. And I mean, the Magic Keyboard also, you should know the keyboards, it's expensive as heck. The keyboard's great. The trackpad's great. It's a very particular design. It really only wants to be used in a laptop mode at a particular angle. Like it doesn't fold back. You can't use it for sketching, uh, which is annoying, like their smart keyboard. So it, it, it just means that like know that too if you're going into it. Like it's just going to kind of sit around like a laptop more unless you pop it off. And the pencil is like always seems like an obvious no-brainer to get with the iPad. But it's funny how little I sketch. So I'm not, I think the pencil is the thing that always like somehow drifts around the house and I don't know where it is and I don't use it. But if you're an artist, you're going to use it all the time. And it is like the most unique thing in the package of what the iPad can do. Gotcha. Well, it's, um, yeah, this is a confusing and perplexing product to me because I just, I don't know where it really fits and it's just sort of, um, and it's expensive. It's just, it's a very pricey investment. Well, also like comfort yourself with this. iPads, you can stick with them for a good long time. And if you have one already, you're probably going to be just fine. And again, you know, if you just bought the iPad Air last year, you're fine. I mean, sure, you're not going to have like all the latest bells and whistles, but they all do the same core things. And I think that's where like, you know, it used to be that the iPad, entry-level iPad was, was robbed of a lot of the pro features like pencil and other stuff. And that's no longer the case. So like, Get the entry level iPad. You're totally fine. Uh, it was it was the iPad Air a f just a few months ago. <laughs> that was that with minus like two features. So um, yeah, I agree. I think it's a weird price proposition right now when when it's really tough to figure out how you're going to afford a lot of things, and the economy is in is in a, a rough rough shape. So I think that that's these are all things to factor in. I, I don't know where the iPad Air's future lies. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of questions about this this product and this whole lineup, really. Uh, Scott, thank you for your time. You can read all of his Apple coverage on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge. If you'd like to receive direct text messages from me, text 646-461-4291 to sign up. Also, please subscribe and rate the show. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.